0: Alright, so today I'm going to finally do the Wrestlemania 39 review. The show that happened like 4 or 5 months ago now. I think it was anyway. Pretty much spent all day watching college football, which was fun. Which I always do this time of the year. But this is strictly just going to be all wrestling related. I think before I start, um, I don't really talk about AEW a lot on here. But I'm sure most people that are wrestling fans heard about uh, CM Punk being fired by AEW. Which I think kind of crazy. A lot of crazy stuff happened with that. Um, look, I don't know a lot about, you know, there's a lot of different conflicting reports and rumors that are going on about it, and uh, I don't know, I'll kind of get my opinion. Uh, first thing I want to do is kind of, there was, like what was this, like a year ago when they had they did that, A W had that pay-per-view where after the show, they do like, they call them like post show scrums or media scrums basically where they ask them wrestling media people ask questions and anyway the point is is CM Punk did like a was interviewed in that did a press conference whatever the hell and uh, he basically went in on the company and talked about like how you know the young bucks who were EVPs in the company which I've always thought is weird to have wrestlers be EVPs in a wrestling company that doesn't really make a lot of sense Anyway, he said basically, I remember he's been to like some comment that they couldn't manage a fucking target, which was hilarious. Anyway, that eventually he said some other things about some other people. And the point is, is it ended up he the young bucks as their I think their group names, the elite, whatever the hell we'll just call them the elite because it's easier to say. Um, They went into CM Punk's locker room. Apparently there was a big ass brawl that took place. And all parties were suspended. CM Punk actually got injured in the, his match that he had, so he was out for like like nine, like eight or nine months anyway. But um, so that was the first incident. He probably should have got fired there, honestly. Like you're going out and trashing the company, and the funny part is Tony Khan, who's like the owner of AEW, is just sitting there like the whole time, just letting CM Punk go on this giant tirade. Anyway, fast forward a couple months. AEW had this pay per view last weekend, I believe. It was in Wembley Stadium. I didn't watch it because I don't. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not going to spend fifty bucks to watch their pay per views. The WWE ones are easier because they're ten bucks. Anyway, the point is, um, there was some angle on. So apparently, there's a backstory. He got into another backstage fight, and then this time he gets fired. But I'll kind of bring you up to speed real quick. So. There was a wrestler, I believe, named Jack Perry who was going to do some angle on television where he got put through, like, a car windshield, and for some reason he wanted to use, like, real, like, glass, you know? And I guess there was people in the back that had to tell him, like, no, man, like, don't use real glass, you're going to get hurt, whatever. Um... And then, so they had, C- I guess CM Punk went and talked to him. And they said it, like, from what I've read, it, like, wasn't anything, like, where he was, like, a dick about it. He was just like, look, man, like, you shouldn't use fake glass, like, or not fake, Jesus, use real glass and all this. Like, they told him to use a different kind of glass. I don't even know if he ended up doing the angle. I didn't watch the, sh- I- it's hard to keep it. I-, I watch AEW, but not as much as most people do. Anyway, so that's the backstory. story. Is he wanted to use, like, real glass for an angle which is so that just sounds stupid why would you use real glass like literally risk like just hurting yourself even more so yeah the punk basically told him not to use real glass so then fast forward they had like a pre-show match on before their pay-per-view and i guess he was jack perry was in a match with someone and he did like a spot on a car ironically and he like all of a sudden the camera like pans to his face and he like pounds on the glass and he's like, Real glass, cry me a river something like that and then he I guess after the match from this is now there's different reports to this, like there's parts that make CM Punk look like the bad guy and then parts that make Jack Perry I don't know. It depends what you want to believe, but there's basically two versions. So basically one is is like, Oh, he goes backstage and CM Punk's like, Do you have a problem with me? and Jack Perry said something to the effect of, like, you heard what I said. There's reports that uh, Punk shoved him, and then Jack Perry shoved him back, and then CM Punk um, put him in, like, a chokehold, and then it had to be broken up, which is, I think, kind of funny. Anyway, apparently there's footage of this, and I would love to see it. But that's, like, the gist of the story. There's been, It's been co- covered a lot by other people, so, like, I'm not going to... But, you know, there's different reports. It just depends what you want to believe. Obviously, Punk was fired. So, I mean, it sounds like he's more in the wrong here. But, I, I mean, I kind of agree with them in this sense. Like, he's just talking the dude out of not wanting to use real glass. Anyway, so, yeah, see how Punk got fired. So, that's a big deal. Um, I'll give you my thoughts after this. I wanted to read the statement that AEW put out. So, this happened, like, earlier today. I was actually watching foosball when it happened foosball. I'm an idiot. Um, So it's a statement from All Elite Wrestling and Tony Khan. It says, All Elite Wrestling, AEW, has terminated the wrestler and employment agreement, which is an interesting wording, between Phil Brooks, CM Punk, ooh, they're using his government name, and AEW with cause. So he's been fired with cause effective immediately. The termination was confirmed today by Tony Khan, CEO, general manager, and head of creative of AEW. The termination follows a week long internal investigation of an incident occurring backstage at AEW All in London on Sunday, August 27th. The following investigation, the AEW Discipline Committee met and later convened with outside legal counsel before making a unanimous recommendation to Khan that CM Punk be terminated with cause. And then this is CM Punk's statement. So it says, Khan. Offered the following statement says, Phil, again using his government name, (laughs) uh, played an important role with AEW, and I thank him for his contributions. The termination of his AEW contracts, which is weird that it says contracts, which I'll get to speculation on that in a second, with cause, was ultimately my decision and mine alone. Of course, I wish I didn't have to share this news, which may come as a disappointment to many of our fans Nevertheless, I am making the decision in the best interest of many people or many amazing people who make AEW possible every week, our talent staff, venue operators, and many others whose efforts are unsung but essential to bringing our fans great shows on television and at arenas and stadiums throughout the world. So that's the statement there. Um it's interesting that they use the word contracts. There's been a lot of speculation, but it's never really been confirmed that CM Punk like has an office job with AEW like he's an EVP I guess because there was even a point in that press conference I brought up at the beginning where he said like I have a business to run you know like but it's just weird and like he's been fired with cause which means like there was a reasoning for his firing apparently and like they don't have to pay him the rest of his money when you're fired with cause I was I had to actually look this up I'll be honest because I didn't know what that meant um and but the weird thing is with wrestling is the contracts are guaranteed so I don't know how that's going to work. Like they're just not going to pay him the rest of his money. Um, so I just think that's very weird. Um, but anyway, I think it's like very, you know, it's an all an interesting thing. Like Because it says right here, termination with causes. In business, the term terminate for cause is used to describe a situation in which an employee is terminated due to their misconduct or poor performance. In other words, they are fired for a specific reason. Well this may seem like a straightforward concept, there are new actually a lot of nuances to it. So he was but apparently from what I'm understanding is like they don't have. he's not getting paid the rest of his money, which in wrestling and most sports in general, contracts are guaranteed, so that's probably gonna cause some issues. Like honestly <coughs> It was probably time. He probably should have been fired the first time. Um but I mean I can't blame it all on him. You gotta bl- place some of the blame on CM Punk, obviously, some of the blame on Tony Khan for Letting the inmates run the asylum. You know, that's one thing I could say about WWE is when they've had backstage issues in the past. There's only one guy. Like, they don't take shit. Like, Vince McMahon will just get canned people. He doesn't give a shit. Like, he doesn't let the inmates run the asylum. So, Um but yeah, I think, you know, the crazy part is they have a pay-per-view today, actually, in Chicago, which is where CM Punk's from. So that's going to be interesting. They had a show. I believe, like, it's called AEW, was it Collision? It's on Saturdays. Um, and they actually had a, at the top of the show, He <laughs> Tony Khan put out, like, this statement, basically, where he reiterated some of the stuff he said, but then he said he was in danger, or he never felt like his life was in danger. Apparently there's a rumor that, now this is the wording that they used. They said CM Punk lunged at Tony Khan backstage and then, like, was yelling at him and saying he quit and all this stuff. So, like, it just funny. He said he was fearful for his life. Apparently, like, some, tel- some monitors some him. So, like, there's footage of this. And I honestly hope it gets leaked. Because it'd be great to see this. And it just sounds funny on the surface. Like, CM Punk just puts this dude in a chokehold. Like... <laughs> um, I actually kind of side with CM Punk in this situation. But you still... You, like, you can't just, like flip, like, flip out like that about shit. Like, I don't know. You just... I don't... Apparently... You don't just, you know, someone's, there's a confrontation. You don't just start fighting people. You know what I mean? That's, I guess that's my approach. I'm not someone that's going to fight people. Me personally, unless I, like, have no choice. But anyway, that's, at this point, I mean, there's a lot of speculation. Like, maybe he'll go back to WWE. Maybe he's done with wrestling. If I was willing to bet, CM Punk was backstage at a Raw, like, when he was still suspended with AEW. I think it was in, like, April or May, somewhere in there. And he actually talked for Triple H and a few other people backstage. He had an issue with The Miz a while back, and then he apologized to him for that, apparently. So don't be shocked if he comes back. And Survivor Series in November is in Chicago. If they're going to bring CM Punk back to WWE, that'd be the perfect time. But it's, it's kind of sad. Like it's the end. It could be the end of him in wrestling. He had to come back. It was pretty cool to watch. Like, I don't watch. Like, I watch AEW. I don't really talk about it on here that often, but um, I just wanted to give my quick thoughts. Like, there's a lot of videos you could probably go look up if you want to find more about this. Google it, whatever. Like, I just gave you my thoughts. I I, I think everyone's to blame. Tony Khan, CM Punk, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, all those people that were involved in that first bet. Like, it's kind of like they were just... And then it was weird how they, they like, all refused to work with CM Punk, and he was willing to, like basically bury the hatchet and let bygones be bygones and all this stuff and then all that but eh, i see it from both sides Anyways, so that that's my quick thoughts on that i honestly think if i was willing to bet we'll see cm punk and wwe at some point and that'd be awesome honestly because that's where he belongs all right so i'm gonna that's that i wasted like almost 15 minutes on that so now we're gonna get to wrestlemania Um, so, obviously, the show took place, WrestleMania 39, I meant to review this when it first happened, I just got busy and had some other shit going on in my life, and I commend people that do these podcasts, like, every week, I can't find the time to do these, but, um, so... It took place in Inglewood, California at SoFi Stadium. I would have loved to go to this. They don't they rarely ever have WrestleMania on the West Coast and I'm I live on the West Coast, but I would have loved to go, but I just I was a broke bitch at the time, but so the tagline was WrestleMania goes Hollywood. The attendance for night 1 was 67,303. The attendance for night 2 was 67,553 for a combined 134,856. Oh yeah, one more thing about this AW before I get into WrestleMania. It's always funny how fans are bragging about oh they have the high they had the highest paid attendance record in like a show in wrestling history, including WWE. And it's funny when that had like apparently it was like eighty one thousand. WWEs had shows with like ninety three thousand and like Dallas they had over a hundred thousand. But they're, they're like, like oh they're that's counting everyone in the building and you get like dirt sheet people that like dispute the attendance. But I think I find it funny that they're not disputing the attendance with the AEW show because the main people that are reporting the attendance, the Dirt Sheet people, is the names Dave Alvarez, or Dave, Dave Alvarez, Jesus, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. They're, like, on AEW's payroll, and they're, like, Dirt... They're, one of, they're also part of the people that were, like, reporting a lot of their stuff about CM Punk, talking shit about him and stuff. But I just find that funny that, like, people aren't disputing that attendance, but they dispute, like... they This one probably got disputed, you know? WWE had a WrestleMania Dallas. It was like two had over a hundred thousand people. They're like, oh well, that's only if you count every single person in the building and all this and that. And then they had a WrestleMania three had ninety three thousand pe- people. So I don't know. I just I just that's a little tangent. I just think that's funny. Anyway, so yeah, WrestleMania. I liked WrestleMania. This was probably one of the better WrestleManias they've done in a long time. There's a lot of really good matches. There's some bad stuff, there always is, but, uh, yeah, so the show actually opened with the United States Championship, Austin Theory defending the United States Championship against John Cena, I'm not gonna do his music, I did that before and it was awful, um, (laughs) look at this loser John Cena opening Wrestlemania, no, I'm just kidding, (laughs) um, um, I I heard John Cena had to open the show because he had to, like, leave immediately as he was filming a movie at the time. And he had a lot of restrictions on what he could do, which actually makes sense probably about... Um, And the weird thing is, is if you go back and you look at this match, like, John Cena made one appearance on television in the build. And he couldn't really, like, do much, you know, outside of that because he was busy. But, uh, this match wasn't that good, I'll be honest. And I love John Cena, but... Um, it was kind of cool, like, Cena made his entrance with a bunch of Make-A-Wish kids. It says he's granted over 600 Make-A-Wishes, which is pretty awesome. He got a huge reaction, like, a huge crowd pop when he came out. And I just thought it was funny. It's like, this was, like, the first WrestleMania in a long time where, you know, John Cena's, over the years, has gotten, like, divided reactions where half the crowd will cheer, half the crowd will boo, and all this stuff. But it was just kind of funny how, like, this is the first time at a WrestleMania that he's, like, unanimously cheered. Yeah, they literally, the crowd literally cheered everything he did. They cheered him when he came out and stuff. But uh, so the match starts. They do a headlock and stuff like that. Uh, John Cena does a shoulder block, and then puts on a side headlock. Austin Theory bits Cena's ear, um, and then Cena Cena's like complaining to, to the ref about it. He Austin Theory attacks Cena from behind. He hits a suplex and goes for a cover, and Cena kicks out. Um, Cena reverses another suplex into his own suplex. They do the yay-boo spot, which is where you, like, the the baby face, for those of you that don't know what that means, it's a good guy, and a heel is a villain. They punch each other, you know, the crowd will go, yay, then the other guy punches, boo, yay, boo. So the yay-boo spot. Um, Austin Theory then hit a blockbuster, which looked pretty cool for a two count. Um, he, like, was on the apron taunting the crowd, and he did a, um... He rolls through the middle rope and hit a drop kick. He did the little John Cena. Um, when John Cena would wrap, he used to do that little shoulder. I can't even do it, but it was like a little shoulder like wiggle thing, and he mocked Cena with that. Uh, Cena blocked. He tried to go for another drop kick. Cena blocked it, and then he put him into the STF. And as Cena had him in the STF, Austin Theory bit his hand. Then Austin Theory hit a couple stomps on Cena, and then Cena reverses. And goes for an attitude adjustment which the crowd popped huge for. And then Cena count, or Cena Theory counters that into a DDT for a pin. And gets a two count. Um, Cena's standing in the corner. Austin Theory hits a running clothesline. They do the yay boo punches again. Theory gets Cena into a sleeper hold. And then Cena does his comeback. He hits the five moves of doom. The shoulder tackle. The reverse suplex. He does the you can't see me taunt. And then the five-knuckle shuffle, and then he goes for the attitude adjustment. I wish they would have kept that as the FU. It used to be called the FU. Um, But as Cena um, goes for the attitude adjustment, Austin Theory grabs the top rope, and his feet hit the ref in the face. Um, Cena then does a drop toe hold as Theory's running in the ropes and puts him in an STF, and Theory actually taps out. So Cena gets a visual win, but obviously the ref's knocked out. Uh, Cena goes to wake up the ref, and as he's doing that, Austin Theory hits a low blow and then hits his finish. The A Town down and retains the United States Championship. It was like an 11 minute match, not one of John Cena's better matches. Um, I thought they kind of made Cena look like a joke here, especially given like his caliber and like his status in wrestling over the years, you know. But uh, this is like the first time I think John Cena's looked old. Even usually over the years, the last few years, he's been around less and less because he's an actor now and doing movies. And he comes in for, like, a couple matches a year. He doesn't really wrestle a full schedule anymore. Um, but uh, this was, like, the first time he's really looked bad and looked old and, like, he was kind of washed and it's sad. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't really do much for Austin Theory, which you would think in – hindsight beating John Cena should do a lot to elevate you, but it didn't because WWE failed to capitalize on that. And Austin Theory is just a guy now, and obviously John Cena is made a man, so him losing to anyone doesn't hurt. So I don't really think this did anything. It was a waste of John Cena. Frankly, a waste of Austin Theory. Like, And at no point did I think Cena was going to win this because I knew he wasn't sticking around after this. So, um yeah it didn't really do anything. It was just kind of funny how I mentioned earlier about how cena like got a, like was unanimously cheered, and it's like now when he comes back, people love him and it's kind of sad that it took two decades for fans to appreciate John Cena when he was around full time and some of the great matches that he had and moments and segments and stuff, but anyway, that was that it wasn't like I said it wasn't John Cena's best match. And I think he looked kind of weak, and they made that was the first time I think John Cena has looked old in his career. So, um, yeah, that was the first match. The next match was a men's WrestleMania Showcase Fatal Four Way Tag Team Match. So, The teams in this were the um, Street Prophet, Angelo Dawkins, and Montez Ford, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, uh, the Alpha Academy, which is Chad Gable and Otis, and then the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. Um, this was like a fun match. It was like eight minutes. They got a lot of shit crammed in into eight minutes. I know at one point Chad Gable did a deadlift on Braun Strowman, which is impressive because Braun Strowman's like 400 pounds. Braun Strowman at one point did a top rope splash, splash. Ricochet jumped off the top rope onto everyone outside the ring. He had a shooting star press. Uh Braun Strowman does that spot. Did that spot? That he does every match where he runs around the ring and shoulder checks people into the barricade. Always funny to watch. But as Braun Strowman's doing that, I, Angelo Dawkins at one point tackles him. Uh, the Street Profits won the match. I believe they pinned Ricochet with a dive. Like I think it was like a frog splash off the top rope. Um. So yeah, it was fun for the first mat. The next mat. Uh, so then. This next match I enjoyed. This might be my one of my favorite matches from the whole show. Definitely on night one, it was it was Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Look, a lot of people hate Logan Paul, and I get it. He's kind of a douche even in real life, but this dude is great in WWE. Like if he was if he committed to being a full time wrestler, he'd be tremendous. He had a cool little zip line entrance. Um, he came down like on a zip line. It was kind of cool. Seth Rollins had like a conductor that led his. Or that led the crowd to sing his entrance to him because you know they go the uh, 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 I can't really do it, but I did laugh at this as Seth Rollins was doing his entrance and like let listening, like soaking in the crowd reaction. So there's like Logan Paul literally sitting in the corner drinking Prime, his energy drink, and just, that, stuff, that stuff's nasty, by the way. I don't know if any of you guys have tried that stuff, but it's gross. And he's like yawning, and you know, I just—I don't know—I thought it was funny. Um, so the bell, the match starts. The bell rings. They trade some lockups. Uh, they do a leapfrog. Seth did a leapfrog at one point. Um, then a shoulder tackle, and then he goes for the curb stomp like right away. And Logan Paul moves. Logan Paul then does a couple of leap frogs, and he throws Seth Rollins over the top rope. And then Logan mocks the crowd by singing Seth Rollins' music, which was great. Um. And then Seth runs back in the ring and takes Logan down with some punches, like it's like a, it was a grounded pound. Um, Seth, Logan Paul hit a buckshot lariat, which I thought looked tremendous. And I wrote in my notes, "Eat shit, Hangman Page, who's in AEW," and, and CM Punk, because CM Punk did one in his match and botched it. Um, Logan Paul sets up for the his finishing move is a punch, which I think is stupid in wrestling, but apparently he has like titanium in his wrist and stuff from like an accident he got in or something i don't know but anyway like i think having a punch as a finishing move in wrestling is stupid but anyway he sets up for that um and seth rollins reverses it and he starts stomping on the midsection logan paul hit a springboard cross body and then a standing moonsault which looked cool and went for a pin and got a two count um, then logan paul hit a side russian leg sweep and put seth rollins into an octopus stretch submission Eventually, Seth gets out of that. They trade some elbows and chops. And then uh, Logan Paul hit a gut wrench suplex and pinned Seth Rollins for a two count. Then Logan does some ground-to-pound punches. Sorry, I had a bug on my phone. Um, and then he goes up to the top rope, and then he goes to jump, but Seth Rollins moves out of the way. And then Seth Rollins takes control of some body shots at the corner. Um, he hits a clothesline. <laughs> this is kind of funny. He said, you want to play with the big boys? And then he said, bye-bye, bitch, and threw him over the top rope. Kind of funny. Seth Rollins did uh, three suicide dives into Logan Paul into the barricade. Seth Rollins does that in a lot of his matches where he will he does, like, three consecutive suicide dives into the barricade on his opponent. Well, he doesn't hit the barricade. They do. You know, he does the dive, and then they ram, they ram into back first into the barricade. Um, and then Seth Rollins actually hits the curb stomp on Logan Paul's hand outside the ring on the ring steps and he sold this for the rest of the match and I just thought it was great Um, because a lot of times like they'll do a move and then they're just like 10 seconds later not selling it he sold this the rest of the match and it actually makes sense to do that because his finishing move as I mentioned is a punch so Seth Rollins does the stomp he has his hand on the ring steps and Seth Rollins runs and stomps on his hand on the ring steps Um, and then they get back in the ring Seth Rollins goes for a pedigree and Logan Paul reverses it, and then they trade some uh, roll-up pin attempts. Um, Logan Paul does get the punch on Seth Rollins, but as I mentioned a moment ago where he's, you know, Seth did the curb stomp onto the ring steps. It takes him, he's in pain, so it takes him like 10 or 15 seconds to go for the cover, and I love that. Like I said, it's just storytelling and psychology in wrestling that a lot of matches don't have these days that just make it great. Like, I hate when... They do a move, and then, like, like I said, like five seconds later, they're up running around like nothing happened. Like, sell. Um, so, yeah, he goes for that. Seth kicks out because it takes Logan Paul like 30 seconds to pin him. Like I said, I thought that was great. Then Logan Paul sets up for a move in the corner. I'm not sure what he was going for, but Seth Rollins reverses it into a sit-down power bomb for a pin, and Seth Rollins, or Logan Paul, kicks out. And then Seth goes for another curb stomp, uh, but the There's like a prime bottle mascot. He grabs Logan Paul and actually pulls him out of the ring. And then the the announcer's like, oh, it's KSI. And then I wrote in my notes, it's revealed to be KSI. And then I put in parentheses, I have no idea who that is. I really don't. Um, I don't know. Apparently he's a friend of Logan Paul's. Anyway, commentary said it was Logan Paul's business partner. So there you go. I wrote that in my notes. Um, So then Seth Rollins comes out of the ring. He beats down the KSI guy. Logan Paul actually throws Seth Rollins onto the ring post and he climbs up to the top rope and he's going to do, a, I believe, a frog splash or an elbow, no, an elbow onto Seth Rollins, who's laying on the announce table. And as Logan Paul's in midair, Seth Rollins grabs KSI, throws him onto the um, announce table, and then Logan Paul uh, hits a top rope splash onto KSI. Seth throws Logan Paul back into the ring and he hits the pedigree and Logan Paul kicks out at 2. And then uh, he goes for the curb stomp, and Logan Paul reverses it into a GTS, which was CM Punk's finisher. And then he goes to climb the top rope to hit a frog splash, and he does. Seth Rollins kicks out at two. Raymond in Seth's laying in the corner. Logan Paul climbs the top rope. Seth Rollins moves. He hits a super kick in midair as Logan Paul's landing looks kind of cool. And then a curb stomp, and he wins. So this was a great match. Seth Rollins is great. Logan Paul is great. Go out of your way to watch this. Like I said, if Logan Paul committed to WWE, like, full-time, he'd be tremendous. So, yeah, that match was great. It went, what, 16 minutes and 15 seconds? So, it was pretty good stuff. Um, The next match was a six-woman tag team match. Trish Shadis, Lita, and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control, Bayley, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. This was fine. It might have went a little too long. It went, like, what, almost 15 minutes? 14 minutes and 40 seconds. So, yeah, almost 15 minutes. (laughs) Um, it probably could you probably could have chopped five minutes off of this. And oh man, they make their entrances and oh my god, Trish Stratus. Woo! God, she's a goddess. She's like almost fifty and she looks amazing. I did write that in my notes too. I was like, she's a goddess. <laughs> um Becky Lynch worked most of the match. Um and then it, Becky, I know Dakota Kai toward the beginning hit a scorpion kick, which I actually don't know what that is. That's just what the announcer said, so I wrote it down. I've never actually seen that move before. And then she hits a springboard and a drop kick onto Becky. Um, they just get, they all just tag back and forth. Um, Bailey tags in and actually does mocks Lita and does her little dance thing where she like waves her hands in the air, and I just I thought that was hilarious. Um, eventually. Uh, Becky goes to tag in Trish Stratus, but Bailey runs over and grabs her, f- grabs Trish Stratus by the foot, and her face hits the apron. Um, she eventually tags Lita in. Then she has a clothesline, and then um, she does the vertigo, um, which is basically like a reverse face buster. And she climbs to the middle rope, and then as she's climbing to the, the rope, the ref gets distracted, and Dakota Kai runs over and kicks Lita. Um... They, took, they hit like a super, all three hit super kicks on Lita. Um, then Bailey mocked Trish Stratus by doing her little finger point, which I thought was funny too. Um, Lita then hit a double DDT onto Bailey and Sky. She tags in Trish Stratus, who got a huge pop, which she tagged in. She runs in, hits the Luthes press, which Luthes did. It's like basically like you run, like you jump on him and then start punching him. Steve Austin used to do that move too. Um, she had some chops on Dakota Kai. She has a hurricane Rana on Bailey while, while simultaneously doing a bulldog on Io Sky, which I thought was pretty cool. That's not easy to do, especially because when you do a hurricane Rana, you're upside down. So yeah, she does a hurricane Rana and a bulldog. That was cool. Um, then she Irish whipped Kai Dakota Kai into the corner an elbow. Eventually, they pull Trish Stratus out of the ring. Uh, Trish does the Hurricane Rana onto Dakota Kai from the top rope, which is a move she's done for a long time. Even though she's almost 50, it's so impressive she can do that. Um, then she had a Spine Buster. Lita tags back in at some point. And then ba- Becky Lynch hit her top rope leg drop for a two count. Um, then eventually they fight some more. Bailey hits the belly to belly onto Trish Stratus. And then Eosky at one point did a moonsault. They start brawling outside at one point. And then they get back in the ring. Bailey does a belly to belly on Becky. They But um, she reverses it into the manhandle slam, which is basically from the middle rope, which is basically a rock bottom. So, yeah, Bailey goes to do it from the middle rope and then it gets reversed. And then she pins Bailey and they win. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was fine. They, they could have maybe chopped off like five minutes. Uh, the next match was Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio. This match actually went around the same time, 14 minutes and 55 seconds. This match was awesome. This was like one of my favorite builds to this entire show. Was this Rey Mysterio Dominic match? Um, <clears throat> so there's a video package that's recapping the feud with Rey Mysterio and Dominic. They show clips of Dominic when he was a kid. And how they eventually became tag team champions in WWE, which is actually really cool. Um, then eventually Dominic turned on Rey Mysterio and joins the Judgment Day. They cut to like a clip of Thanksgiving where Dominic goes to Rey Mysterio's house and attacked him. Which honestly, Rey Mysterio got what he deserved. The motherfucker had his Christmas tree up in November. I'd have kicked his ass too. Um, and then on Christmas he goes back they do another where he goes back to his house again only this time Dominic gets arrested Rey Mysterio's wife smacked Rhea Ripley in the face and this this whole angle is hilarious Dominic like gets like a oh a teardrop tattoo of his eye it's fake obviously but it's just funny um so Dominic basically comes back after that and he says he cut you know he cuts a promo where he talks about he served hard time and he's a new man and all this and then he's He said prison changes a man, which I think is hilarious. He calls Rey Mysterio a deadbeat dad and said he should have been Eddie Guerrero's son. And then they eventually, like, the build to this was great. There's, like, one point where uh, Dominic's talking about how Rey Mysterio bought him a car, but he's like, he bought me a BMW, but it wasn't even an S-series. I believe it was a BMW. I'm not a car expert, but, yeah, I just thought that was funny. Um... So, Ray, then they cut to an episode of SmackDown. This was right before WrestleMania, where, uh, like, Dominic basically, like, goes, he tells him, he's, like, being abusive to his mother and telling her, like, shut up, and he's talking shit to his sister. Ray eventually has enough, and he goes and punches Dominic and then sets up the WrestleMania match. Uh, Dominic cut a promo, says it takes a real low life to hit your child. (laughs) This whole thing just great. Uh, then they sh- they get to the start go to start the math. They show a video of Dominic getting released from prison. He has an awesome entrance where he's like shackled and he gets escorted in like a police van, it's just-, just a play on oh he's a hardened criminal. Um, and when he gets out, he has Rey Mysterio mask on to mock his dad. They unhandcuff him and then Rey Mysterio makes his entrance with Snoop Dogg. Who Snoop Dogg was actually the host of WrestleMania. He had a couple of segments on the show. I'm probably not really going to touch on those too much. They were just minor things. <clears throat> anyway, it's I always I wrote in my notes, it's always awesome to see Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg's funny. Anyway, <clears throat> so the bell rings, the match starts. Um Ray Mysterio hit a hurricane Ron at one point, and then Dominic smacked Ray. Ray Mysterio took his belt off from around his pants, actually spiked Dominic with them with it, which was kind of a corny thing, but funny at the same time. Um, he actually then rolls out of the ring by his mother and sister. He grabs his sister's drink and throws it in her face. I hope it wasn't alcohol, because that's just alcohol abuse. It was in a cup, like a red cup. but. Um, so then Ray runs over, and Dominic attacks Ray and catapults him into the ring post. Um, he does an abdominal stretch onto Ray, and then Ray eventually fights back and does an arm drag. Um, Dominic regains control and hits a top rope arm drag and then a Michinoku driver and pins him for a two count. And Dominic keeps taunting his mother and sister and his mother actually slaps him in the face. So Ray takes advantage like the dirty heel that he is and climbs to the top rope and hits a seated senton. And then he hits a middle rope crossbody. It's crazy how athletic Rey Mysterio still is. And he's almost 50 years old. I believe he's like 48 or 49. He's still doing, he's still wrestling like he did 20 years ago. It's, in, it's nuts. Um, he hits a reverse powerbomb and then gets a two count. And then eventually Finn Balor and Damian Priest run out from the uh, Judgment Day. Dominic then hit a powerbomb onto Rey face first into the bottom turnbuckle, which actually looked like it hurt. And then he gets a two count. Dominic goes for the Three Amigos, which is to mock Eddie Guerrero. It's like he does the three suplexes in a row. Um, And then Rey Mysterio climbs to the top rope, and Damian Priest actually grabs him while Finn Balor distracts the ref. Dominic takes advantage. So Damian Priest lays his jacket under the bottom rope, and then the LWO runs out, which was Rey Mysterio's group, and they run off the Judgment Day. Then Dominic um, hit a clothesline and another catapult into the middle rope, and he goes for the 619 and he hits it, and then Dominic climbs the top rope. Hit a frog splash, but Ray then pins him, and Ray kicks out. And then Dominic goes to remove the turnbuckle pad and grabs Damian Priest's jacket that actually has a chain in it. Bad Bunny, who was doing commentary, um, grabbed the chain from Dominic, and then Ray took advantage. He hit the 619 and a top rope splash and win. Th- I thought the match was fine. <clears throat> it told a pretty good story. And, yeah. Was fun. Nothing bad. Nothing you need to go out and skip. Um, the next match was actually the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Charlotte Flair defending the title against Rhea Ripley. I've shit on a lot of Charlotte Flair matches because I think she's overrated as hell. And I don't think she's as good as like people think. Um, but this match was tremendous. This might be the best Charlotte Flair match ever. I honestly didn't take any notes of this. So... I gotta remember some stuff off memory, but this match was fantastic. Go out of your way to watch it. I know that's not a great review because I didn't take notes of this match because I rewatched the whole show and it was like seven hours long, because it's two shows. But yes, this match was the best Charlotte Flair match I've ever seen. Um and I honestly there was points where I thought Charlotte was gonna win and I was like, oh god. But they did the right thing and Rhea Ripley won. Um so yeah, that's really kind of, I know it's a quick review of that, but that, I'm pretty much from here, my just I only took notes on like a, the most important shit. After this, they had a weird segment where Pat McAfee fought The Miz in like a three minute squash. It's always cool to see Pat McAfee. Um, Snoop Dogg was in this segment as well, as I mentioned, he hosted WrestleMania. Um... You know, like, The Miz is a good hand. He really is. He's a guy you could put in any spot. You could put him in the main event, the mid card, the tag team. He could be a lower card guy. Um, and he can do everything. He talks good. He wrestles fine. You know, he's main evented WrestleMania. He's done everything. But it's like, he's a good hand to have, and you could put him in these spots, and it doesn't really hurt him. But, like, you know, Pat McAfee's coming in just to squash him in, like, four minutes. I mean, it's cool to see Pat McAfee. So then we get to the main event, which was actually for the Undisputed. Champion WWE Tag Team Championship, so it was the Usos defending the titles against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. This is the first time ever that a tag team championship match is main evented WrestleMania, and the second time that a tag team match ever was the main event of WrestleMania. The first one was actually WrestleMania One, where Hulk Hogan and Mr. T teamed up to take on Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper. So that's cool that all, and then it's cool that all these guys get the main event. Um. Kevin Owens main eventing two consecutive WrestleManias, which is pretty awesome. I remember a lot of people were like, oh, oh, Kevin Owens should leave and go to AEW. WWE doesn't use him right. Then he gets to main event WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then main event this WrestleMania with his real-life best friend, Sami Zayn. So that's cool. And then the Usos have been great over the years, and it's cool to see them get a main event. Um. So then they both make their entrances. Huge. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens get a huge reaction. Sami Zayn and Jey Uso start the match. Jey Huda hit a shoulder block twice. Sami then hit a Luthes press, and then Jimmy tags in, and they throw Sami Zayn over the top rope, and then they hit a clothesline onto the outside. Um, they throw Sami Zayn into the ring post, and then Jay dives through the second rope onto Sami Zayn. Then he hits a suplex on the outside of the ring, and then they get back in the ring. Um, they take turns beating down Sami Zayn. They cheap shot Kevin Owens a couple times so Sami Zayn can't tag him in. They eventually fight back. Kevin Owens tags in, he climbs to the top rope and hits a dive onto the Usos, and then he does the a frog splash on the ring apron, on the uh, on the ring apron onto Jimmy Uso, which was cool looking. And then he climbs the top rope and hits a frog splash onto Jay in the ring. So that was a cool sequence. And then he gets a two count on the pin. Kevin Owens goes for the stunner, but Jay reverses it into a reverse neck breaker. Jimmy tags in. He hits um, Kevin Owens and hits a swanton onto Jay Uso. Uh, then Jimmy hit the top rope splash onto Kevin Owens and kicked, he pinned him and kicked out. Um, and then Kevin Owens is uh, sitting in the corner. And Jimmy goes for the running hip attack, I believe it's called. And then Kevin Owens moves and actually hits him with two super kicks. There's a lot of fucking super kicks in this match. It was kind of overkill, to be honest. Then he does this cannonball that he does every match where they're sitting in the corner and he runs and does a cannonball. Um, and then Sammy Zane comes in and hits a brain buster onto Jay on the ring apron. Um, Kevin Owens does another swanton onto Jimmy and then pins him but gets a two count. Sammy climbs in. And climbs the top rope and hits the USO splash onto Jimmy, so he hits their own move on him. He kicks out again. The crowd does an old A chant. And uh, Michael Cole says El Generico would be proud. Corey Graves says I'm glad that guy retired, which is a funny because El Generico was Sami Zayn's like gimmick before he wrestled in WWE. So he like wrestled in a mask in Mexico and stuff. I just thought that was a funny line. Um, and then Sami Zayn hits a blue thunder bomb. Eventually, J tags in again. And they hit, an, they hit more super kicks. They hit multiple super kicks onto Kevin Owens. Or onto Zayn, but Owens breaks up the pin. And then he gets double super kicks. Like I said, too many goddamn super kicks in this match. More super kicks. I even wrote in my notes, Jesus, too many super kicks. And then I wrote more super kicks with a sigh face. Or a rolling eyes face. Um, Sami Zayn then kicks out. Uh, they, the Usos keep tagging and just beat Sammy down. Um, Kevin Owens grabs Jimmy Uso, and they fight on the announce table outside the ring. And then another super kick. What do you know? Um, They grab Kevin Owens, and they put him through the announce table. And then Sammy's in the ring by himself. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, Kevin Owens is out, so now they're going to win. They hit the 1D. Sammy Zane kicks out. And then Jay slaps Sammy and yells, you were my brother. And the crowd chants for Sammy. Then Jay hits the huluva kick on the or no, Sammy hits it onto... Yeah. I wrote Jay hits it and then falls onto Jay. But I'm pretty sure Sammy Zayn hits it. And then Sammy then hits a reverse... Or reverses it into an exploder suplex. Owens climbs back to the apron. Tags in Sammy Zane. He, or Kevin Owens gets tagged in. Jesus, I'm like jumbling everything. Sorry. Um, Sammy Zane then hits the kick onto Jimmy... Kevin Owens hits a stunner and Jay kicks at it too. Steve Austin's gonna sue somebody for that. I'm just kidding. Um, all four men then stand up. They start exchanging punches. Then Kevin Owens hits super kicks on both Usos. More super kicks. I should have taken. If you watch this match, want to play a drinking game, take a shot every time there's a super kick. You'll be drunk five minutes into this match. Um, Kevin Owens has another pop-up power bomb. And then Jimmy tags in, and what do you know, another super kick. And I wrote, yay, with a bunch of exclamation marks. Um, the Usos then hit a double splash, and Kevin Owens kicks out. Then they do a double super kick, and I wrote, good lord. Um, they put Owens on the top rope and go for a superplex. Kevin Owens reverses it and hits a, super, hits a reverse suplex. He tags Sami Zayn in. Sammy hits three hula kicks in a row on Jay. After each one, Jay falls into Sammy, and then he pins him, and they win the Raw Tag Team Titles. Great fucking match, it really was. Just take away a lot of the super kicks. This match did get five stars for anyone that gives a shit about star like star ratings and stuff. This was a five star match according to you know the Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer and shit that does all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that was night one. I thought Night 1 was the better show of the two, but Night 2 was good, too. Um, but yeah, Night 1, like I said, if I recommend watching anything on Night 1. Obviously, the main event was great. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte's fantastic. Ray and Dominic was good. The six-woman tag's fine. Like, it's not bad. Um, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul was really good. The WrestleMania Fatal 4-Way Show came as match as fun, but it's like you don't have to go out of your way to see it. And then John Cena versus Austin Theory for the U.S. title. Not a great match. Like I said, not one of John Cena's better matches, but the spectacle of just seeing John Cena. See what I did there? <laughs> um, I did, actually wasn't meaning for, to say that. But, you know, just the Andrew, because we don't know how much more of John Cena we're even going to see in wrestling. So you can go out of your way just to see it for... You know, the John Cena factor, but it wasn't like a great match. I wouldn't honestly recommend it, which is like I said, John Cena's had a lot of great matches. This wasn't one of them. He like I said, he looked old and worn out and beat up. So um night two opened up with uh Brock Lesnar fighting Omos. And I'll be honest, going into this, I expected this match to suck. They did the right thing, they kept made it like five minutes. Um, but it was a fun five-minute match. Brock Lesnar, when he, like he, when he tries, like I've mentioned when I was talking in the past, like Brock Lesnar is so good when he like tries. Um, so, yeah, that match, Lesnar opens the show. just like, Him and John Cena, these fucking losers opening WrestleMania, like the jobbers they are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brock likes to open shows, I've heard, so he can leave immediately after. If he's not main eventing, he likes to open the pay-per-view so he can leave, which I understand. Um, so Lesnar gets a big pop from the crowd. Um, this match starts. You get to your normal Brock Lesnar match where he takes suplexes. The cool part about this match is Omos is a huge dude. He's like 450 pounds. So it's, it was kind of cool to see Brock Lesnar kind of as the underdog. Um, he sells really well and takes some punishment from Omos. Brock's a great seller. I've talked about that a lot. Um, he slams, does a couple body slams onto Brock and then eventually puts him in a bear hug. And then he does another slam and another bear hug, and Brock's, Brock um, gets choke slammed, and he pins him and kicks out. Uh, he goes for the F5 at one point and sells the back, and he can't do it, and he collapses. I thought that was great. Like I mentioned, psychology and storytelling. Sell the body part that's supposed to be injured. Um, eventually, Brock fights back. He hits a couple of suplexes, which to suplex someone that big is impressive. Hits the F5, bobs your uncle, and he wins. Um, Decent match. Like I said, I expected it to suck. It wasn't that bad. Um, The next match was a women's showcase match for Fatal 4-Way. It was Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia Shotzi Blackheart and Chelsea Green and Sonia This I was eating during this match. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I know nothing of note happened. Like Ronda and Charlotte... Ronda and and Shayna Baszler won, and they basically did nothing in this match. Uh, The next match was a triple threat match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. This match was fucking awesome. This might be the best match on the show. This was another match. For those of you that care about star ratings, they got a five-star rating. They just beat the shit out of each other. Basically, three meaty men, as Vince McMahon used to say, which is weird, just beating the piss out of each other, and it was tremendous. They took turns chopping the shit out of each other. They freaking Sheamus did the thing where he pounds on their chest. Drew McIntyre did a couple of dives. Like I said, this match is awesome. Go out of your way. It's stiff. And then Gunther wins where he power bombs. I believe he stacks both of them on top of each other and pins it. He does like a power bomb and wins. But this match was fucking great. It went 16 minutes and 40 seconds. But it got a five-star rating. It's very good. So... Then we got Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. I thought Asuka should have won this match, but they didn't. She won the title like a month later anyway, I think. But this wasn't as good as Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, but it was still fine. Um, I didn't take much notes on this match either, but I remember it being good. And, yeah, I would recommend watching it. Sorry, I'm kind of flying through this now, but... Um, then they did a Snoop Dogg beating The Miz by pinfall. Uh, what happened was Shane McMahon came out, got injured, like legitimately, and they had to improvise something. So Snoop Dogg just started beating the shit out of the Miz, and then he beat the Miz. He had a Hell. In, the next match was a was Edge defeating the Demon Finn Balor at a Hell in a Cell match. This was pretty good. Not like a. There's been a lot of better Hell in a Cell matches over the years, but this was good. I remember Finn Balor got, like, 13 staples in his head. There was a spot where Edge early on, like, threw a ladder. It was either a ladder or a chair. I think it might have been a chair. Hit him in the face, and he was, like, split open. He had to stop the match multiple times. Uh, they, there was some brutal spots. Edge ends up winning. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of flying through this now. But, uh, yeah, I would recommend that match. It was pretty good. Um, you know, uh a lot of people feel like Finn Balor should have won, and maybe he should have. Edge is pretty much sounds like he's done for a while anyway. Um, and you could have been like, oh, the younger guy should have won, which is funny because Finn Balor's in his 40s. But, I mean, I don't know. It made sense with the story for Edge to win. It was, like I said, not the greatest Hell in a Cell match, but it wasn't, like, overly bad. There's been plenty of better Hell in a Cell matches. There's been plenty of worse Hell in a Cell matches. And then we get to the main event, which was the for the... Um, undisputed WWE champion, in universal championship. God, I hate that name. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman and solo Sokoa versus the Royal Rumble winner. Cody Rhodes. This match was really good. I just think it had the wrong result, which I'll get to. Um, so the match starts. Cody gets a really great entrance and they sing his song and a huge reaction. And he just looks like a huge megastar, as I've talked about, like in, compared to his time in AEW. Um, Roman has a cool entrance, except for his entrance takes like fucking... He's like the new Undertaker. His entrance literally takes like 10 minutes. And it's just... Ugh. Um, Roman gets on the mic before the match and tells everyone to acknowledge him. The bell rings. They stare. They have a stare down for about 30 seconds. They do the typical, you know, mat wrestling. To start with some lockups and some wrist locks. I'm gonna snap, Mayor. Um, Roman then eventually rolls out of the ring to regroup. Then they exchange some waist locks. Um, Roman hits some clotheslines in the corner on Cody Rhodes. Um, Cody Rhodes dodges a clothesline and then hits a drop kick onto Roman. And then uh, Cody gets Roman in a waist lock. And then he jumps off the top rope and Roman catches him with a powerbomb, which I thought was cool. And then goes for the pin, but Cody kicks out a two. Um, Roman hits a suplex and then goes for another cover. And You tell, like, at the beginning of the match, the story they were telling is, like, Roman's not taking Cody Rhodes seriously. And then as the match progresses, he starts taking it more seriously. That's kind of the story they were going for Um, And then he hits another suplex. Then he waved at Cody Rhodes' family. Like I said, he was just mocking him at this point. Um, Then Cody Rhodes sends Roman to the floor and goes to attack Roman. But Roman grabs his foot and slams it onto the apron. And then he tosses Cody Rhodes up on the ramp. And he hits a scoop slam onto Cody onto the ramp. Then he goes to another one and Cody reverses it and slams Roman on the ramp. And then they brawl around the ring a little bit, and then Cody Rhodes throws Roman back in the ring, and Solo Sokoa actually grabs a chair while Cody's on the apron and hits him in the ribs while the refs, like, just like, check in on Roman. Roman does the drive-by, which is basically like a drop kick. He's outside the ring. Their faces, they're, like, leaned up against the middle rope, and he does a drop kick. It's called the drive-by. Um, and then pins him for a two count, and then Roman got him into a side headlock. Cody Rhodes fights back. Um, and then Solo interferes again and grabs Cody's foot as he runs the ropes Roman takes advantage and hits a clothesline and then Cody kicks out then Roman Irish whips Cody Rhodes into the turnbuckle um, Roman tries to uh, throw Cody through the announce table but Cody reverses it and backdrops Roman through the announce table um, they eventually get back in the ring Cody makes his comeback he hits the Randy Orton power slam and pins him for a two he does a cutter the Cody cutter and pins him Roman kicks out and then Cody does a suicide dive onto Roman into the barricade. So he's doing his comeback and building momentum Then eventually solo again interferes and he actually hits Cody Rhodes with Cody Rhodes weight belt. Cause Cody Rhodes always comes out of the weight belt. He gives it to a fan. So I'm assuming he took it from the fan and hit him, which is funny if he did while the ref was distracted, but the ref actually hears like the sound. So he throws solo out. So now it's like, um, Roman goes to grab the weight belt, but then Cody Rhodes super kicks him and he drops it. And he goes in, does a crossroads, and Roman kicks out. And then eventually Roman fights back and hits a jawbreaker and a headbutt. And then he, does, he hits the rock bottom and pins Cody, and Cody kicks out. Um, then Roman sets up for the Superman punch. Cody blocks it and then hits a pedigree for a two count. Um, so that was a Triple H thing. Oh, homage! I guess you could say. Then he does the disaster kick. And then uh, Rome, as he's going for the disaster kick, Roman hits a Superman punch in midair. Pins Cody and he kicks out. And then Roman's in the corner like shook. Like he's just like at this point like he doesn't know what to do. And now he's taking it serious because he's like, oh shit, this dude's like giving me a fight. He sets up for the spear. Um, Cody sidesteps him and then does a sunset flip and Roman barely kicks out. And then he does the figure four homage to Rick Flair. Roman eventually reverses it and then Cody gets to the uh, ropes to break it. They do the yabu punches. Um, Then Cody Rhodes climbs to the top rope and Roman dodges him as he's jumping. And he he runs in the ropes and spears him and then Cody Rhodes kicks out. Um, Roman then just hits some elbows and punches repeatedly. He gets Cody into the guillotine. Cody eventually fights to get out of it. Um, there's a ref bump, and then Roman hit a Superman punch in a clothesline. Both guys are down, but the Usos come out of nowhere, and they attack Cody Rhodes. Um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come out to make the save. Um, they all eventually, they beat down the Usos. They eventually surround Roman in the ring. Kevin Owens hits a stunner, and then Sami Zayn hits the hula of a kick. Roman, or Cody covers Roman and he still kicks out. It's like, dude, there used to be like a running joke, like you could shoot Roman Ridge with a gun, he'd still kick out of two. Like he kicked out of two finishers. Now if Cody had done the crossroads and then he still kicked out, that would have been a little overkill in my opinion. But uh, they do more yay-boo punches. um, Then Cody dodges a Superman punch. He hits the punches his dad does and then the bionic elbow. And then he's about to win. He hits two cru- the same finish they did in his last WrestleMania match with Cody wrote, with Seth Rollins, where he hit the three crossroads in a row and then won. So he hits two. He goes for the third, but as he's doing the third, Solo Sokoa runs in, not runs in. He runs up onto the apron. So he comes back out and he hits the Samoan Spike onto Cody, um, and then Roman hits the spear. And uh, wins. So it was a great match. I thought they did make Cody look really strong, but I just thought he should have won. But obviously, it's it looking more and more like they're going to set up a rematch for WrestleMania 40 this coming WrestleMania. So, like I said, there's a lot of fans that are like, oh, Cody shouldn't have won anyway. He didn't face enough adversity and whatever. It's He did. But I didn't agree I mentioned with the Royal Rumble where he came in at 30 and won. But, I mean, the dude legitimately tore his peck. In a match and wrestled a match. But like I said overall this is a pretty good Wrestlemania. Um, night 2 like I said the main event was great. Edge and Finn Balor was pretty good. Bianca and Oscar was good. Drew and Gunther and Sheamus for the IC title was tremendous. You could probably skip the women's match honestly. Brock and Omos like it's 5 minutes but it's still like a fun 5 minute match. Like I said the mo- there's nothing like overly horrible on this show. There really isn't. Um it's a good WrestleMania. One of the better ones they've done over the last couple of years. And uh Yeah, that's my review of WrestleMania 39. Um I didn't touch on the oh dang, I've almost been talking for a damn hour. Um I'm gonna stop it here and then I'm going to uh do a review of the pay per view they had last night, payback, but I'll do that later. So I'm gonna get this going and uh yeah, so that's my review of WrestleMania recommend watching it. It was a good show. I'll be back with doing the payback review later and talk about some other things. So thanks for listening.